Hey, y'all. It's uh, Stefan calling once again from uh, the lovely St. Paul, uh, one of your number one fans. Thank you for the shout-out, John. Uh, yeah, so I'm wondering, uh, you mentioned it was being released, but uh, last week you did not discuss uh, your reactions to uh, on Shudder, The Sadness. Um, I don't know if you're doing a Patreon-exclusive episode on it, but I have to hear what you all think about it because – it is one of the only movies, probably the only movie as an adult to uh, give me nightmares. Uh, yeah, so take it from there. Thanks, y'all. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Stefan. And I'm not sure if I should be thank you for having to watch another movie this week that, I don't know, didn't put me in a great place. <laughs> I suppose it is called The Sadness, <laughs> so it's appropriate. Um Zena, why don't we start with you? What did you think of the sadness? Okay, this is going to sound a little bit off. I, I liked it. Um, it was gross, and there was a lot of yeah. stuff that made me cringe. Um, like, uh, just before we started recording, I was just telling this to Megan about the the woman, Molly. She Like, yeah. a lot of things hurt my heart, but the woman, Molly, that hurt my heart. Oh, my God, that's a spoiler. Okay, we could cut that out. But, okay, yeah. Yeah, Should you know we... what? For this sort of movie... I feel like early on you established okay. pretty quickly bad things are going to just happen. Yeah. Yeah, across she, the board. <laughs> she should have just stayed home, but I mean even with that it's just like there's no luck. But point is, yeah, I really did like the movie. Um I just don't know if it's the kind of movie that you should um you know, recommend to friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It Yeah, I wouldn't call it gateway horror by any yeah. means. Uh, what do you think, Megan? I really like this movie, but I'm with Xena. It's it's definitely uh, kind of in the vein of a Hong Kong Category Three movie. It pushes all of the buttons. It's designed to push all of the buttons. Trigger warnings abound. It is intense. It is messed up in a lot of ways, and I loved the audacity of it all. But yeah, like Xena, um, proceed with caution. Maybe I'm the only one here who doesn't know this. What's a Hong Kong level three? It's it's um their classification for really extreme horror or kind of like NC seventeen. So oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Um. So you're gonna find like when you you see a horror movie like a Hong Kong horror movie referred to as a Cat Three, you're gonna expect something on the level of. Um, the sadness where it's super gory, super violent, uh, might have some taboo uh, subject matter. <laughs> yeah, there might be some taboo subject matter in this one. Yeah. I, you know, I watched it. It was, it was very extreme. It's most extreme zombie movie I can ever think of seeing. Probably, you know, head and shoulders. If you want to call it zombies, I guess it's zombie-esque. It's outbreak. Um, Outbreak, yeah. Uh, I wrote a short story like this once, so it wasn't so shocking. They just went well beyond where I went. Um, yeah, I don't know if this is a rewatch for me. The sadness, it's good. It's it's a inventive story. It's if you want blood and you want a decent amount of discomfort, <laughs> the sadness. <laughs> and if you don't feel discomfort, whoo. Evidently, they need to find a category four for it. <laughs> uh, thanks, Stefan. I'm I'm glad I watched it. I, I also like seeing Shutter exclusives. 
Yeah. Um, just checking stuff out because sometimes they fly under the radar for me. All right, next question was an email from Joe. Hey, Dark Trio, what would you consider to be the most satisfying kill in a horror movie you've seen? For me, it's either Burke and Aliens, I smile every time, or Gennaro in Jurassic Park. I know it's not really horror, but I remember people cheering in the theater when it happened. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Uh, I don't remember people cheering the theaters. I think that's the only movie I've ever seen more than once in the theater, too. Um, so the two times that I went to see Jurassic Park when I was 14 years old, that memory really holds up, but maybe people cheered. I was trying to think of this. Um, I think there's a lot of satisfying kills in horror. So most satisfying is really tough. Like (laughs) pretty much everyone in the green room was (laughs) satisfying death in its own way. Um, uh, a certain death that takes place in Get Out is very satisfying. I don't want to do spoilers if you haven't seen Get Out. If you haven't seen Get Out, go Get Out and see Get <laughs> Out. It's earlier than we normally record. They're, they're not all going to be winners. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't pin one down. I think it just kind of turns into one of those things, like whatever's on the tip of my memory at the moment. I don't know. Like, What do you think, Megan? What came to your mind? All of the jerks in horror that make you root for them to get it. Um, So, like, some of my favorites, like Captain Rhodes from Day of the Dead. You want him to get it so bad. Um, Miss Carmody from The Mist. Yes. Actively rooting for that. that's a great one. Yeah. God Um, bless Ollie. Yes. And (laughs) Yes. And similarly, um, Margaret White from Carrie. Like, these are antagonists, Mm. like, that are complete assholes that you're like, get it, get it, get it. That's yeah, that's a good point. Like they're actually like provoking you as a viewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, you're still watching me be terrible? Yeah. What is wrong the... with you? Satisfying. Very satisfying. No, that's good. How about you, Zena? Um, I'm gonna say Judy from Sleepaway Camp. I just didn't care for the girl. <laughs> she was full of yes. she was oh, full of drama. Yeah. Um, as well as okay, spoiler, okay, the get out, that whole family. Mm-hmm. I was satisfied when that happened. I would have burned that place to the ground. Um, and because I watched this one recently, Jessica from Sorority Row. Yeah. She was just such a mean oh, girl, sure. you know, and she just wasn't going to stop. So, oh, and all the dirty, nasty men from uh, I Spit on Your Grave. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Original oh, yeah. Last House the on remake. the Left, yeah. Spit on Your Grave. Yeah, any of that stuff. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. The jerks horrors... must die. Yeah, horror is so good at it. Pretty much any Nightmare or Friday the 13th film, you're going to find one that mm-hmm. you're just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and help us discuss the disgusting. You know her as the movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic, and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. It's me. <laughs> and you know her. From her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horn, our infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick review of our movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe the things that will make you smile, too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? So, I checked out All About Evil 2010 on Shudder. Um, a mousy woman inherits an old movie house and starts making a series of grisly shorts. And her fans do not realize that the murders in the films are all real. So I've never Ooh. heard of this movie 
um, beforehand. And I was definitely intrigued by the synopsis. And yeah. I love it so much. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's it's funny. It's bloody. Um, if you're not like a huge movie buff, then you'll probably won't get some of like the, the jokes and references. But mm. I still think that she'll have like a lot of fun with it. So basically, uh, this woman named Deborah um, played by, is it Leon or uh, her last name, Natasha? Oh, Le- yeah, yeah, yeah. Natasha Leon? Yes. Yeah, so she's in it, and um, I love her. She inherits, like, her father's uh, independent movie theater, which I think is so... I was sold on that alone, and she wants (laughs) to make it successful. And then, uh, you know, it's in the synopsis, so it's not really a spoiler. So some stuff go down, and then she acts... Well, it's not an accident. She kills someone, and it's caught on camera, and then somehow it airs in the movie theater, and people are just, like, in love with it, and it's just amazing. Like, she's literally killing at the box office. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I just thought that was really cool, you know? Um, I had a lot of fun with it. And, um, yeah, like I said, I just... I've never heard of it before, and I had a good time, so... Highly recommend that one. Uh, then the next thing I watched was a rewatch because I needed some love. So I watched Dead Dudes in the House, a.k.a. The House on Tombstone Hill from 1988. That title TV. is epic. Dead Dudes in the House. I love the title it's so, so, so much. It's so much fun, this movie. So a group of friends fixing up an old house find themselves facing off against its long-dead former owner who doesn't approve of their renovation plans. It's a really cool, like, uh, you know, storyline to it. You have these friends. There's a lot of characters, but it works. Um, There's about eight friends, and they're fixing up this old house because they want to, like, flip it. And then when they arrive, they see that there's this grave. And, you know, one of them who's a jerk. I mean, he's like, oh, man, he definitely. mm." This is one character who's just a jerk, okay? And you want him to die. Because from the start, he was just terrible. Anyway, he decides to smash the tombstone, and it lets the former owner out who's Abigail, who's this old woman who I feel would be friends with Pearl from X, you Uh know? Um, But yeah, it's very, very creative because it's it's a very meat and potatoes type of horror movie. It's like very straightforward. The friends, they go to this house, they fix it up. Next thing you know, they're stuck in the house. They try to break the windows. They try to get out. It's just, it's not working. And they see this old woman who's in there and no one's thinking anything of it, but it's just weird. Like, girl, you have to leave. And that's what they pretty much tell her, you know, and then they can't get out. And then one by one, you know, Abigail, she is killing them and they have to survive through the night. And it's very bloody. It's fun. Um, And there's a lot of uh, cool like elements to it. So there's like, uh, of course, they have like the slasher, you know, element, but there's like supernatural element to it. There's a lot of blood. Uh, the dialogue is outrageous. Um, it 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 does have like a cheesy tone to it, but because the storyline is really interesting, um, I found myself really intrigued by it. So it's like my second time rewatching it. The yeah. only thing is, the poster does not match the movie for some reason. That happens uh, sometimes, and it's weird. It's the weirdest thing. So the guys who are on the poster, they look like they're in a rap gang, but it's just kind of like they're not even in the movie. So it's like, <laughs> who is that? <laughs> Like, none of those guys are in the movie. And then on top of that, there were actually women, too. So it's just like, you know, it's like, called Dead Dudes, false. but it's just, yeah. Like, there, there's ladies, yeah. too. Dead dudes yeah. and ladies. And I, you're describing the plot, though, made me think of that other movie you recommended that you watched that one time. It was The Carpenter, 
where it's like the ghost oh, just yes. wants to fix the house. So how would, <laughs> I mean, I kind of want a crossover. I haven't even seen dead dudes in the house yet, but I'm already anticipating a crossover. Oh, you've man. got the ghost who wants to fix the house and then you've got this ghost. What would happen, Zeno? What would happen if they I got together? She... You've got a sitcom with a 13 episode arch on NBC. That's what you got. There, gold. I'd watch it. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I checked out. Awesome. I checked out a sequel that I had been anticipating ever since the first one. Um, I watched The Witch 2, the other one, which is one of the funniest subtitles I think I've come across in a while. It's just, it's the other one. Um, (laughs) But The Witch, it was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it is anymore. If not, you can at least rent it on VOD. But it is a uh, Korean supernatural action sci-fi horror kind of mashup um, in which... You know, a teen girl enters, she has amnesia, she enters a singing competition, and then people from her past come for her, and it turns bloody. So the sequel is a totally different character, uh, a girl, a mysterious girl that emerges as the sole survivor after a blood. I mean, literally, it opens with this aftermath. She's standing alone in a research facility that's completely full of corpses and blood everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, she comes Everywhere. Across, everywhere. <laughs> she uh, comes across a girl, uh, like, she wanders out of the facility onto the road, a van picks her up, and there are a bunch of bad dudes that's got this other girl hostage and so she kind of saves her and the girl takes her in she's not really a girl she's more like you know woman or 20s but anyways the the assassins tasked with locating and silencing the girl are moving in um and then the woman who takes her in also has her own set of problems and things just get crazy (laughs) bloody violence uh i do think that it is not as strong as the witch um but if you really really because i mean the witch was one of my favorite movies that year uh, so it kind of had a hard, high bar to live up to. Um, I still think this is very strong. It definitely ups the ante on the action and violence and blood. But it kind of repeats some of the same story notes a bit. Uh, even still, like it, it builds. Um, I really cannot wait to see where this goes, assuming it's going to be a trilogy. I mean, it's definitely getting a sequel. But um, yeah, I, I still enjoyed it. I still really liked it. Not as much as the first, but that's not saying too much. And then I went completely old school um, and happened to catch Piranha on Shutter TV yesterday. Um, it is the 1978 Joe Dante one in which flesh-eating piranhas are accidentally released into a summer <laughs> resort's rivers. The guests become their next meal. I don't know that accidentally. I mean, kind of, sort of. I think the thing that I had for It's been a while since I've seen this one. I usually watch the you know, Alexandra Aha's more than I revisit Joe Dante's. But the thing that was cracking me up is that the people, it's not like the military, the military are responsible for this genetically mutated piranha, but they're not the ones that release it. It's these, it's a pair of bumbling locals. That's like, (laughs) they see drain pool. They're like, let's do it. And the guys, (laughs) he comes out of nowhere and he's like, stop. And they just beat him. They just beat him. Like, why would you do this? You wouldn't even listen to him tell you, stop, don't do this. They're like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. So it's entirely the locals fault that this happens in the first place. Never mind that the dude has a flask of booze that he carries around with him. These are not, these are the most atypical pair of heroes I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's a really fun movie. I mean, what's not to like about, you know, 
man-eating fish that are going in a river. And I, I also like when movies have the audacity to put children in peril because it's such a taboo. Um, I, you know, eat, eat kids, not dogs. And the dog, <laughs> there was a dog that lives. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that this movie's fun. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I've seen the other version of Piranha. I think that's the only one. Joe Dante's is the only one I've seen. Oh, really? Mm. I feel like Alexandra yeah. Ahaz, like pushes it firmer into, you know, campy, mm. but gorier territory. Interesting. Speaking of campy and gory, I watched Megan's pick, 1980's Alligator on Shudder. A pet baby alligator is flushed down a toilet and survives in the city sewers. Twelve years later, it grows to an enormous size, thanks to a diet of discarded laboratory dogs injected with growth hormones. Now, humans have entered the menu. <laughs> All right, Megan, I don't think I need to ask, but why this one? Because it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> that synopsis is crazy. Yeah, I, it's pretty much it, it's a good summation of the entire movie. <laughs> there are so many like names and faces like in this movie i couldn't believe it for what this movie was like how like if you watch any tv and movies from like the 60s or 70s they basically just started pulling names (laughs) starting with robert forrester who is (laughs) i don't even know how to describe him in 2022 terms uh I'm guessing a guy wrote this script that it probably wasn't a woman, but he is just such a dick to his his love interest in this. Just a terrible person. And then he's like, I'm sorry. She goes, what for? Anything. It's like, you, you suck. Like, <laughs> I guess I did something wrong when I was a horrible person to you for the last 45 minutes. It's so weird. The combination of mutated lab rat or like growth hormones given to dogs that are eaten by the alligator that was discarded in the sewer. I think it's, I think it's amazing that they take time in this movie to show you a girl getting the alligator that her dad will later flush. Yep. As if, as if we, as the viewers are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If I don't see how the gator got there, I don't believe the rest of this movie. <laughs> Got to play out like, that uh, urban legend, flushing the the gator down the toilet. I, I suppose. I, mean, I feel like that was maybe it was from this movie that the urban legends about alligators living in the sewers really started blowing up. I, I would think that the urban legend already existed, and then they did this. But it is. I mean, the thing moves at about five miles an hour, and nobody can catch it. Nobody can find it, <laughs> even when it's just walking through the streets. And it's like the size of a bus. <laughs> it is It is a very wonderful mix of odd 1980 machismo cop movie and creature feature. And it's... It's... It's so it's good. Unique. It's unique. Yeah, it's unique and absolutely predictable all at the same time. <laughs> like, I, I, it's a mishmash. I feel like of multiple things. But I feel like there's some certain things that you cannot predict. Like, there's a certain pool scene, swimming pool yeah. scene that I was like, I, I, 
I think my jaw dropped at that moment. Like, whoa, I, I can't believe we went there. Um, oh, or how? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the how doesn't matter. It's just just enjoy that ride. Uh, I I love a good wedding crashing. I mean, oh, it, there's so people much... got to do better about giving six feet of distance to the alligator. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit hard when it's the size of a bus. Bodies flying through the air. Yeah. For a solid five minutes, it's just bodies flying through the air. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> and it's available on Shutter, so go watch it. And then I watched, I believe, 2020's Brightburn on Tubi. What if a child from another world crash-landed on Earth, but instead of becoming a hero to mankind, he proved to be something far more sinister? All right, why this one, Zena? Because I just like the the combination of horror and a superhero. Mm. So Big fan of the boys? You know what? No, I haven't even started <gasps> it yet. I know, and everybody's oh. like, girl, I know, I need to, like, get on it. But For someone who likes some horrific superhero stuff, like, you you get it real quick with the boys. Okay, I need to jump on it. It's just so much yeah. stuff, guys. My eyes. It no, I lot. get it. I, I understand. I've only seen season one, and I hear season three is just going just crazy. Ooh. So, I have no realm of understanding for what's actually going on. So, I'm going <laughs> to talk about Brightburn instead. I I really liked the idea, because I, I was thinking about this, and the way they portrayed this, how is Superman a good guy? Like, I know they wanted a good guy. They mm-hmm. wanted, like, an American icon when they made it and everything else, and he's he's completely changed from what he started out as into what he is. This makes so much more sense to me. You're telling me that some alien, and we'll assume that aliens have the same sort of like puberty cycle since apparently this one does. <laughs> You're telling me that some like 13, 14, 15 year old kid that suddenly discovers he has superpowers isn't going to go crazy? Like, and oh, oh, this would be, oh yeah. No, I believe this 100%. This is my version of Superman from now on. <laughs> Like, there's great Superman books. I'll read those books, but I won't believe any of that. This I believe. <laughs> yeah, I, I just like the fact that it, it, to me, it felt, like, real. Like, the way it was, yeah. like, m- like moving, you know what I mean? Um, And, the, like, even with his mindset, there was, like, little things. There's always been something, like, little signs, you know, since he was, like, mm-hmm. small. But, obviously, the parents just kind of, like, it's it's okay, you know? So, yeah. but, yeah, I'm, um... I'm glad you like it. I don't know if there's ever going to be a sequel, you know, to it. I've been waiting, but I don't I don't I don't think so, sadly. It's a bummer cuz they yeah. set up a whole um like twisted justice league. Yeah. yeah. I would have yeah, liked to see uh, that. I would too, because I was kind of curious about like some of those characters, but yeah, I mean not being a huge DC fan, I think I mm-hmm. could like pinpoint like who each of them was supposed to be relative to the DC universe. But yeah, no, I liked it. I mean, I thought the parents, the parents' reactions to things seemed off mm-hmm. to me. I mean, again, we can just break down Superman. I'm not doing spoilers here. It's whatever. You know, the kid's an alien. He's going to be Superman. <laughs> it's just, it's the nature of the trailer. But how... She really wanted a baby. Mm-hmm. Space baby crashes in a comet. It says, we're going to keep it. Whoa. No, no. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you don't. Right. No. <laughs> and at that point, you know, dad, old, old Pa Kent, or I can't remember what his name is in this, like, no. So, honey, we have to call the government. Yeah. We don't know what V-type scenario is going on here. <laughs> like, so that I was a little like, uh, yeah, but, but I suspension feel like that's of a very, very, very ancient folk tale type scenario. There, you go back oh, to sure, fairy tale yeah. era, and there's always people yeah. so desperate for kids. Like Little Otic is a really good horror folk like fairy tale movie where it's like the guy carves her up a wooden baby. It comes to life and starts eating people. You know, oh Jesus! So it's it's a good movie, but like, yeah, it, it's good. It, it's just a very dated tale as old as time. You know, parents mm-hmm. really, really want kids. Mm-hmm. They don't care that they're like, I will take a monster alien baby, no problem. Mm-hmm. Bite you in the sure. butt, but plus, a little bit. Plus, I kind of felt like you know, not that I'm trying to defend the mom. It's like, girl, that's an <clears> alien, but I think that she probably thought that they could change him. You know, you raise like, it, yeah, na- nature yeah. versus nurture. Right, that it wouldn't be violent. Hopefully, at least give him like a cat scan or ran some tests on him or something, so his blood's not acid. I Wouldn't don't know. you think if... though? Like, because this kid is in school, you have to have oh, vaccinations and well, stuff. Sadly, people do fudge those. Yeah, and they maybe. did live in the middle of nowhere, so I just assume that no one cared. That's true. There's that chance too. They're just like, all right, another kid. Mm-hmm. Well, except for the waiter, except for the uh, waitress, she cares. <laughs> She's upset about it, and stuff happens. And then I watched the movie that I've been very much anticipating for the last month since I saw the trailer: 2022's Mad God on Shutter. A corroded diving bell descends amid a ruined city, and the assassin emerges from it to explore a labyrinth of bizarre landscapes inhabited by freakish denizens. Does not sum up this movie. Sums up the very beginning of the movie. Uh, I love 2022 as far as the movies I have been seeing. This is like my favorite horror movie year. This, I was, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I was planning on kind of having it in the background and then I started realizing, oh, there's no words really in this very much. Like I kind of have to watch what's going on. But as soon as I started watching, it is so beautiful and bizarre and surreal and if there aren't layers upon layers upon layers of symbolism within this movie then his mind is just a different thing to create these scenarios and these images and this path and uh, uh, words (laughs) like I don't even quite know how I feel about it like I feel like this should win an Oscar for at least best visual effects. It's stop motion in the first place, which everyone deserves extra credit for stop motion. But it is, I I loved it. It was unsettling and wonderful for me. Have either of you seen it? I have not seen it yet, but I did. um, I saw some stuff like on Twitter where someone was saying that it took almost 30 years to make. Is that true? Yeah. I'm not sure if it was Whoa. was it the actual was that the actual production or getting the project greenlit. I'm He's not, not sure. He made this. This is just his personal yeah. pa- passion oh. project. That that's why that's it so took cool. him. He would like stop, go do other stuff, yeah. you know, Aww. Jurassic Parks and one, then come back and work on this. And yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. There's some beautiful. shots I 
genuinely cannot figure out how even in stop motion they did it. There's a scene walking down a stair with like a glowing light. Everything else is stop motion-y. Like you see the frames. It's just the way it is. But the light is consistent. Like the light never changes. Like I have no idea how he pulled that off, but I I loved it. I mean, Megan, did you feel one way or another about it? I did feel one way or the other. <laughs> um, you felt the other? Uh, yeah. I think from an yeah. artistry standpoint, this is absolutely breathtaking. Um, but it is almost two hours long, and there is really no discernible story. It just feels mm. like a one long trek through hell where things are just... It's just chaos. There's all sorts of grotesque stuff happening. Um, but there's really no kind of story it's just like Mm. a wandering into the abyss and Mm. it goes on for a really long time so for me i had a much harder time staying in that um you know like i said from a technical standpoint it is absolutely amazing and i am deeply impressed by the technicalities of this and the artistry and what he put together but from a narrative story wise it's it's kind of a slog for me I and I totally get that. I think because I was so captivated by the visuals mm-hmm. that I kind of let go of the concept of story. I just wanted to see what was going to happen next. And like w- without linear storytelling it honestly didn't matter to me. I just wanted to see what was going to happen next. But I get it. so and it went fast for me. It didn't feel like a 2-hour movie for me. But if you are looking for story, this is not the movie to watch. Yeah, something <laughs> to, you, to anchor. Yeah, unless you're doing a dissertation and want to start peeling back the layers on this one. Um, yeah, that's not necessarily the way you want to go. But I thought it was gorgeous. I think it's worth a watch just to see it. Because, I mean, plus the dude spent 30 years of his life working on it one way or another. Give it a shot. It's on Shutter. <laughs> All right, before we move on, what do we see and how do we see it? So I checked out All About Evil on Shudder and Dead Dudes in the House on Tubi. I watched The Witch 2, the other one. It is currently in limited theaters, um, but expected to hit VOD at some point in the near future. And I watched Piranha, the 1978 Joe Dante version on Shudder. I watched 1980's Alligator on Shudder, 2020's Brightburn on Tubi, and 2022's Mad God on Shudder. All right, before we move on. What am I watching for next week? I hope I'll be able to get to them. Let's, uh, I think we started with Xena last week. Megan, how about you? Um, I am curious to see if you would like Possum. Have you seen Possum? I don't think I've heard of Possum. All right, that's on Shudder. <laughs> All right. Good luck. Shudder, I have noticed that Shudder has a lot of stuff on there I am not familiar with. There you go. So you're, you have a pretty good shot. All right, how about you, Xena? Um, have you seen, I, I feel like I asked you this before, but forgive me. Have you seen The Voices with Ryan Reynolds? I'm so going to get that song stuck in my oh, head. Oh, is that the one where he's a serial killer? Yes. I have not. Okay. Um, so that's on Amazon, but it's also on Hulu. Amazon or Hulu. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it. I think I saw it when it was on Netflix. It was something like popped up and that's just one of his earlier works or earlier movies that I haven't seen. Cool. Good excuse. Enjoy. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? I feel like the headlines I plucked is one for you, one for Xena, one for me. Ooh. It's a little yeah. bit of everything. Uh, I'll start with Xena. 
Um, fresh off of The Northman, Nicole Kidman has set up her next project. She is on board to star in and produce a thriller titled Holland, Michigan from the director of Hulu's Fresh, by director Mimi Cave, since Zena really liked Fresh. So this is your news today. Yay. Um, not a whole lot is known about it too much, um, but the film is said to have a Hitchcockian bent. Uh, Holland, Michigan comes from Amazon Studios, so that'll probably be a Prime video-ish thing. Um, the feature is based on Andrew Sodrowski's script. Uh, he wrote Manhunt. It topped the 2013 blacklist, involves secrets that lurk beneath a Midwestern town with a Hitchcock bent. And yeah, she's uh, Kidman will star and produce with uh, Per Sari under her Blossom Films. And then uh, for John... This is a found footage horror movie coming next month. Uh, Kevin Coe, director, director of Invitation Only, has uncovered a cursed video with Incantation heading to Netflix on July 8th. So very, very soon. The film was nice. released theatrically in Taiwan in March and has been described as the scariest Taiwan, Taiwanese film ever. I... I'm already curious. Inspired by a true story involving a family of cult worshippers in Kaohsiung, Taiwan, the film was shot mockumentary style, interspersed by found footage and actors breaking the fourth wall to address the audience. The IMDb synopsis heeds the following warning. The curse, this is a cursed video. It might contain certain risks to watch. For those who dare to follow, please solve the puzzle of my daughter's curse with me. Very intriguing. Very much. <laughs> yeah. I can't. That sounds awesome. Can't wait to see that. Yeah. So the trailer is uh, on Bloody Disgusting, if you're curious. It does look like it might be intense. And then for me, and possibly John, since he was just raving about a stop-motion movie, uh, Guillermo (laughs) del Toro's Pinocchio is finally coming to life as a stop-motion animated film with del Toro writing, producing, and directing a brand new version of the classic children's tale about a puppet who wants to be a real live boy. It's based on uh, Grizz Grimley's designs. <laughs> Del Toro's passion project is coming to Netflix this holiday season, set to debut December 2022. Uh, Vanity Fair recently shared a first look full of insights and images, and Del Toro told the outlet, I've, been, I've always been very intrigued by the links between Pinocchio and Frankenstein. They are both about a child that is thrown into the world. They are both created by a father who then expects them to figure out what's good, what's bad, the ethics, morals, love, life, essentials on their own. I think that was, for me, childhood. You had to figure it out with your very limited experience. As you probably expect, Del Toro's Pinocchio will be quite unlike past tellings of the tale. Uh, including Carlo Collodi's original children's novel and Disney's animated classic. Um, Yeah, so he reimagines the Italian tale of Pinocchio... The stop motion designs—they look really—they look really good. Uh, so, uh, it features an all-star voice cast with Ewan McGregor as the cricket, David Bradley as Geppetto, uh, Gregory Mann will play Pinocchio. Other cast members include Finn Wolfhard, Kate Blanchett, John Turturro, Ron Perlman, Tim Blake Nielsen, Nelson, and uh, Byrne Gorman with uh, Christoph Waltz and Tilda Swinton. Whoa! Nice. Wow! Yeah. I suppose you win a best act or you win a uh, best picture academy award. I mean, he was Guillermo del Toro, but that brings in the options even more. And to be clear, I was raving about the stop motion in in Mad God because it's wholly disturbing to me. <laughs> and the movie was wholly disturbing. I'm going to have a harder time watching this if they want me to not feel disturbed and they want me to enjoy the story, which maybe that's why it works so well for me. I was like, I don't, I don't care what the story is. 
The thing that's happening is all twitchy and weird. <laughs> all right, listeners, your turn. Think it was sweet of Megan to give good news to both John and Zena this week? Feel like stop motion isn't getting enough Academy recognition? Let's hear about it. You can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number's also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena's going to make all our lives easier on the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? We have some cool stuff coming out. So, first up, on Thursday, the 23rd, Revealer will be available on Shudder. Tensions rise when a stripper and a religious protester are trapped together in a peep show booth and must come together <laughs> to, to survive the apocalypse in the 1980s Chicago. Doesn't that sound fun? Was that the greatest movie synopsis <laughs> of all time? <laughs> I'm sold on it. Then on Friday, the 24th, we have Peter Strickland's Flux Gourmet. It will be available in theaters. So he directed in fabric. So, yeah. Mm. So, um... A band, uh, a, dis- a dysfunctional sonic collective, a band devoted to the sounds of culinary arts, navigates robberies internal and external in this absurdly original feast. So um, mm. I watched the trailer for this one and I, I don't know what's happening, but I'm <laughs> sold on it because I love his work. Then we also have the Black Phone. It'll be available. Um, it'll be hitting theaters. Um this Friday as well, after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from a serial killer's previous victims. Then we have um, Aliens. Aliens, well, it's not the movie Aliens, but Aliens are going to be going up against <laughs> teens and this movie called Slashback. It'll be available on VOD and select theaters. I think that this sounds really cute. Um, when Micah, I believe that's her name, and her ragtag friends discover an alien invasion in their tiny Arctic hamlet, hamlet, yeah, it's up to them to save the day. Utilizing their makeshift weapons and um, horror movie knowledge, the aliens realize you don't mess with the girls from Pang. Doesn't that sound cute? <laughs> then we have on Tuesday the 28th, I don't know if you guys uh, checked out the series Only Murders in the Buildings. I uh, in the building. I haven't yet. It's I've a really it's cool good, show. Yeah, I like yeah. it a lot. Um, season two will be available. Um, so three strangers who share an obsession with true crime suddenly finds themselves caught up in one. So they're basically trying to solve like this murder, they're investigating and stuff, and some crazy stuff happens. So there will be a new episode on Hulu every Thursday for the next 10 weeks, starting on the 28th. Then we also have The Passenger. It will be available on VOD and DVD. And this film, a group of strangers sharing a ride, has their trip interrupted when the driver hits a woman hiking in the dark at night. They decide to help her, but quickly learn that something is wrong and that they shouldn't have let her in at all. This one is gooey, gory. It's kind of <laughs> creaturey, but it's it's a lot of fun. It gave me very much uh, Sam Raimi vibes. So if you do like that, you may enjoy this one. Then Horror Noir, not the documentary, but the movie, will be available on DVD. So I think that this was supposed to be a series because this was like about two hours long, I believe. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I it's it was um, initially, it's, but maybe not. Yeah, it's it's currently on. It's streaming on Shutter, but just in case if you want to own it, it's going to be available on you know Tuesday the twenty eighth on DVD. Um, there are six stories from Black directors and screenwriters in a single film. So you have Daddy, Brides Before Dawn, Brand of Evil. The Lake, I love that one. Sundown and Fugue State. So it just really meshes well together. Then we have Where the Scary Things Are. It'll be available on VOD and DVD. A group of teenagers inspired by a high school creature-own urban legend project quickly gets out of hand and their desires of more likes and gone viral with deadly consequences. 
So anything dealing with viralness, I'm on board. <laughs> and then finally, we have See For Me. This one's also available on Shutter, And I think on Amazon, it, it's, it will be available on DVD. When a blind former skier, Sophie Cat, Cat sits in a secluded mansion, three, 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 thieves, three thieves invade for the invade the hidden safe um invade for the hidden safe uh sophie's only defense is army veteran kelly kelly helps sophie defend herself against the invaders to survive um and then always we have available bloody disgusting tv you can also go to bloody disgusting.tv as well as Screenbox. Yeah. yeah and that's the bloody disgusting podcast for this week everyone if you'd like to read more from megan you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on twitter at haunted meg xena can be found on her own website realqueenofhorror.com and the youtube channel of the same name or at lovely xena on twitter and you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast creepy don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on instagram and twitter at bedisgustingpod or drop us an email at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com so for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Mm-hmm.